What's up, guys? Brian Ratliff here. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to Keep the Faith Podcast. Grab your Bibles and let's dig in to the Word of God. Amen. Well, uh, delighted to be back uh, with you folks and the opportunity to um, seek the Lord's face uh, with you and uh, the time of revival um, is is essential right now. A lot of things are called essential, but that's definitely something that is essential as uh, as believers in Christ. Uh, we need some reviving, some stirring um, in in our hearts, afresh and anew. Uh, hopefully, if you found your place in Psalm 27 uh, by now, my daughter was able to come with me tonight. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, to come and um, help me along the way. Amen. Uh, how many know dad needs help sometimes? Amen. And all the time, hashtag, amen. <laughs> you like that, huh? Uh, amen. Uh, appreciate, um, again, Brother Brian, so much. Uh, just so encouraging to be with people that are encouraging. And um, it's been refreshing already. Psalm 27. Let's uh, let's read uh, the entire psalm. Aren't you thankful it's not Psalm 119? I heard that was yesterday. <laughs> we don't have that much time today, preacher. Get on with it. I was at a wedding not long ago, and and, and my job was to pray uh, for the uh, the meal, uh, the reception, and so um, sometimes I, I, I stutter. And so I, I got up there and I said, there, 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 there is nothing, nothing worse than a stuttering p- p- preacher right before the meal. <laughs> and nobody laughed. <laughs> it was quiet. I said, Ooh. And, and then And then I went back to my seat and we ate and this lady came over there, don't you ever have to apologize. For, I mean, she thought I was serious, you know, I'm like... <laughs> Ma'am, it was a joke. I, 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 sorry. But uh, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, oh, you ever been there? You feel like uh, maybe your family's there? Maybe your neighborhood's there? Maybe your community's there? 
What do you do in the time of trouble? For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. <laughs> I will sing. Oh yeah, I'm going to repeat that. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said back to thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When mom and dad, when father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in the plain path. Because of my enemies, deliver me. Not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Oh, I had fainted unless I had believed. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of that living. Let's wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. And he, the Lord, shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What a psalm. So many of it, there's so much preaching in this uh, psalm, we couldn't get to it in one night. But I brought the longest sermon I had, so we'll try. And if I stutter, it's going to straighten it out, you know. So, so, so y'all just bring a knapsack or something. There's, there's two elements that really dominate our attention as we have read through that together tonight that maybe you have uh, picked up on it uh, along the way as we read. It's really, they are faith and fear. Faith and fear. Faith, in verse 1, we see that the Lord is light. He is salvation. He is a fortress. And there's, there's no need to fear or tremble because of that. And David's confidence in the Lord, in, in who the Lord is to him, his confidence ran from the past experience with the Lord right into his future. He, he said, I've seen God in, in a multitude of ways in my life. He's been a light to me. He, he's been a salvation to me. He's been a, a fortress to me in, in the past. And that, therefore, because of that faithfulness, there's something in my future I can depend on. And his confidence ran right past him into the future. But we have to remember... Uh, just, just as what probably David experienced, we experience as well, that right next to faith, there's, there's something that lies real close to it, and it's called fear. A lot of things that bring fear to our heart. Many uh, fear uh, coming days, the unknown. The future of what ifs and maybes 
and the looming of if God don't, then this is going to happen. We, 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 we fear uh, the, uh, the coming of a disease. We, we fear the, the coming of a diagnosis. We, we fear all these things. And, 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 and if we're honest and, and real tonight, which I pray that we are, it grips our heart. Like when, when we're by ourselves, when we begin to think about that, there's this, there's this vice thing that gets a hold of our heart and it really reaches up in our throat and it, and it begins to lump up a little bit. We began to get a little fearful. But right next to fear stands faith. And tonight we can live in fear or we can live by faith. And we're not called to, to, to live by sight. We're called to live by faith and to walk by faith. And whatever is not a faith is... And it takes faith to please... So, so if, if we're living more fearful than we are more faithful, maybe we do need a revival. If we spend most of our days like this and wonder and worry and, and fretting over this and that, and rather than walking and, and moving forward in faith and confidence in who God is and what God is and all that He's done, we need a revival. We need the, God's people needs a moving from fear back to faith and stand on the rock of who God is. And this is where we find David. And David wrote these psalms many times. He, he had about four topics. <laughs> he talked about his sin. He talked about his situation. He talked about his Savior. And he talked about his strength. <laughs> I'm not preaching that outline, but that'd be a good one. <laughs> That's part of another longer sermon. Would you see with me in Psalm 27, first of all, this evening, the light of David. Verses 1 through 3, we'll see the light of David. He, he says very plainly, straight, straight off the bat, The Lord is my light. The Lord was his life and his light. Psalm 18, verse 28, the psalmist said, You, you light a lamp for me. Lord, you, you, you light up my darkness. We, we, we sometimes, when we're not walking by faith, and we're walking by sight, we, we, we uh, kind of veer off into the darkness. We've all probably had those experiences where we have uh, traveled and walked in physical darkness and how intimidating it is and how unknown it is. And if you have ever had any children and you walk in the house at night with the lights off, you're taking your life with your own hands. Amen. There, there's, uh, there's these uh, sharp toys. They, I, I promise they, they map it out. They, uh, they're they're going to walk right through here. Yep, I'm going to place it right there. I'm going to stand up all night and sit. Can't hear what dad yell. Woo! You know, yep, he got it. And, and you find yourself like a blind man groping in the darkness. And all the while, the light is waiting to shine in our life. He said, You light up my darkness. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord, God is our sun and our shield. 
The Lord is my light. He is to me the source of light. That is, He guides me and He leads me. Darkness is the emblem or the mascot, we would say, of distress, of trouble, of perplexity, of sorrow. And we find ourselves in in times of sorrow, in times of distress, in, in times of trouble. Man, we need the light. If we ever need the light, it is now. And if God has ever called us to be the light, it is now. You are the light of the world. A city that's set up on a hill that can't be hid. An old song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it it under the bushel, no. But man, we we find ourselves in these distressing, perplexing times and light uh, lights it up and light is the emblem of all the opposite of those and God was furnishing David such a light that these troubles, they just disappeared and he was bright and happy along his way. I'm telling you, when, when the light of God shines into your life, there's a difference, amen? There, there, is, a, there is a presence there that, that uh, other people can see. Man, there is a light in the life. There's a light done come on in there. Sometimes we say the, uh, the light's on, but nobody's home. But I guarantee you to shine the light of God in somebody's life, somebody's going to be home, amen? It's called the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Lord is my light. He goes on to say this. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. I tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. It just gets better and better. Or where you've, if you were from where I'm from, it said gooder and gooder. The Lord is the strength of my life. He's the, he's the support of my life. What do we depend on for life and security? Is is it is it health? Is it enough food in the pantry that we feel okay? Is it is it is it a roof that doesn't leak and a and a bank account that's halfway full? I Man, what 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 is it that gives us the the strength of our life, the essence of our life? In other words, David was saying, he keeps me alive. Man, if you, if you would trace the, the life of David, somebody had to keep him alive. Because there was enemies and people, especially Saul, that was after him. Throwing javelins and spears and all sorts of things that were, that were trying to hunt David down. It had to be God that kept him alive. Without God being the strength, being the essence, being the source of David's life, he'd have went down a long time ago. And I want to tell you tonight, uh, I just want to declare to you, it, God is the strength of my life and God is the strength of your life. He is the one keeping us alive. Life itself is so feeble, easily crushed out by trouble and sorrow. But as long as God is its strength, <laughs> as long as God's keeping you alive, y'all hear me tonight? As long as God is your strength, He said, I don't have anything to fear. 
God has lightened my way and God has given me life and I have nothing to fear. Because God's light never goes out and God's strength never gives up. Amen. I'm about to do a Holy Ghost dance up here, brother. I'm going to have to do the two-step together. I don't know. Matter of fact, he says in verse number 2, he said, the wicked, my, my enemies, those people that come against me, they want to eat my flesh. When they come up to do that, they did not succeed. God didn't let them succeed. They failed. <laughs> now, I'm just going to tell you, your neighbor is not your enemy. That's a good place for it, amen. We have one enemy, and it's a common enemy. And he's out to steal, kill, and destroy all of our lives and beings. And David said, I've had some wickedness come up against me. And some vessels of wickedness come up against me. And, and, and since God is my light, and since God is the strength of my life, and God is keeping me alive, they did not succeed. God is my light. I like, I like what Romans 8.31, What shall we then say to these things? If God's for us, who could be against us? It don't matter. Throw a fit this, this evening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's against us. It doesn't matter what's against us. It only matters who's for us. And as long as God is for us, it don't matter who's against us. My heart shall not fear, he says. He wouldn't tremble. He would not feel that there was anything to be afraid of. God had, God had shown Himself superior to the power of armies, to His enemies, to those things that were coming against Him. And He had seen God's power in a mighty way. This is my heart. It's not going to fear. Can I challenge you to claim that verse tonight? No matter what the situation you're facing, whether that's relational, physical, what, what, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't need to know. God knows. But I guarantee you, probably about 100% of us need to, need to land on this verse right there. Though, a, though, though, though the whole army come against me, I'm not going to fear. E even if you're the only one standing up, nothing to fear. Do you think David knew something about that verse? When the whole army was over there shaking in their boots, wondering who's going to stand up to the big guy on the other side. And David, the only one willing and brave enough to go over there to make a stand and take a stand for holy God. I think David knew something about that. Not only the light of David, 
I want you to notice with me the longing of David. David's longing. Verses 4 through 9. He said, One thing I have really desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That's what I'm going to put my, point my life in that direction. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I, I, I want to see the beauty of the Lord to inquire in His habitational place, His temple. For in a time of trouble, He's going to hide me. And then He says in verse 6, Because of those things, my, my head's going to be lifted up above my enemies. And because of that, I'm going to sing. I'm going to have joy. One thing, one main object. I have especially desired one thing that has been the object, the constant desire, the constant wish, the ruling desire of the heart of David was this, that he'd be in the temple of the Lord to see his beauty. He, he had already talked about that in Psalm 23 and verse number 6. In Psalms 26 and verse number 8, he says, Lord, I, I've loved your habitation, your, your house, the place where your honor dwells. I, I, I Growing up in, in, in the pastor's home, in the preacher's house, we've been in church a long time. Many services and revivals and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't always my desire to be there. I, I, I remember we, 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 were, uh, we were living uh, in Missouri, and, um, and, and the eighth grade football team wasn't a part of the school. It was kind of like a wreck thing. And so, um, and I wanted to play, and I loved playing. And just so happened, those, those, those football games happened, had, had to be on Wednesday night. I could bite a nail into. And Dad said, no, you go. You're going to come to church first. I got one amen. Oh, getting kind of, kind of, kind of skimpy in here. He said, you're going to come to church first. And man, I would pray the whole time, dear Lord, may the service close as soon as we get in there. May we just end with a couple of hymns, Lord. May the lights go out and the power go off. Oh, Lord, you know I need to get down there on the football field and uh, score a couple of touchdowns for your glory. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, that was the best prayer that I ever prayed, man. I was getting with it. <laughs> and I remember, I remember running out to the van during the, during the, um, the, uh, the time where y'all leave and shake hands and stuff and getting out there into the van and changing into my football pads. I, I remember this as so, so, so clearly in my mind. We pulled up there to the football field, and I just ran out the door and ran right onto the football field in the kickoff. <laughs> it was so great. It was great. I just kept on running, man. Coming, Coach. Hey, man. I hadn't always loved the habitation. other things that I have loved. Other things.
that I value greater than to be where God was. Can we put a price on the presence of God? Is there anything we need more than God's presence? This is where God's been bullseye on my heart thinking about this psalm. He said, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that, 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 I would, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. I know of testimony, I've heard testimony, and you have too, of, of dear saints of God that would stand and testify, man, I wasted my life. Oh, I wish I could have had those days and years back that I could give them back to the Lord. And the psalmist said, man, I've desired one thing and one thing only, that I would get in God's presence all my days. That's what I'm pointing my life to. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want in my kids' life. That's what I want in my grandkids' life about a hundred years from now. Amen. All my days, constantly, to the end. Though engaged in other things and though there were other objects of interest, yet he felt the supreme happiness here on this earth was to dwell in the temple where God, God's presence was. Isn't that just preparation for heaven? Man, could you imagine being in a place and never having to leave God's presence. I mean, here's, here's, here's uh, the disciples with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and, and He said, hey, let's just build a couple of tabernacles up here, and let's just hang out right here. That's not reality, is it? We've got to go back down and do ministry and, and, and show uh, 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 the miraculous Jesus that we have. How can we be prepared for heaven if we find the worship of God so boring and bothersome? He says, I may dwell in the house of the Lord to, to behold, to gaze, to, to inquire, to seek and to search it out. It wasn't just like, I'm going to come and see if it will bless me today. And it was a purposeful meeting, seeking out. Oh, we need this continually. Not, not just occasionally. But when we have a clear vision of God, it will, it will save us in the times of trouble. He talks about my head's going to be lifted up above my enemies. I'm going to sing. The reference here to the, to the beauty or the loveliness of the divine character of God. Was, was really a part of the public worship of God. And those, those times of ancient worship were designed to make the character of God known. And it's like everything was on purpose, for a specific purpose, uh, designed to showcase God. 
I mean, every symbol and every design of the temple, of the tabernacle, of, of the utensils that was used, and the process by which they used them was all pointing to an almighty, holy, compassionate God. Really convicts us about our services, amen? To inquire in His temple. God is the answer, is the hope of our life. Man, this world and people around us, not just starving, but they're malnourished of hope. Skeletons of skin and bone because they haven't manifested and ate on hope. The psalmist had seen so much of God that he desired to see more. I'm going to back up and circle back on that tree. The psalmist had seen so much of God that he desired to see yet more of God. I'm telling you, when the psalmist said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, it's one of them ones you're going to dip again. Once you've tasted and seen how good the Lord is, you're going to go back for a second help at Abed. That's better than uh, than, an all-you-can-eat Mexican buffet. Amen. He had found so much happiness in God he believed all his happiness was to be found in his presence and in his service. Oh. He said this in verse number 6, or verse number 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Tabernacles considered as the dwelling place of God on earth. Meaning that God would hide him as it were his own dwelling. He would, he would, he would uh, give uh, entrance to him near to himself. He would, he would be protected as if he were one of his own family. As a man protects those who who lives in his own uh, uh, house, his own abode. That's what the picture is. But it gets better, and it goes further. He says, in the secret of his tabernacle. If your tray table is not upright and your seatbelt is not buckled, come on, y'all need to do that. In, in the most retired private part of his dwelling. He would not just, just let him on the premises. Not just let him come into the vestibule, in, into the little hallway. Not only into just the open corridor or the parts of the house that were, that were open to everybody. But he would, he would admit him into the private places that he himself would withdraw privately from everybody else where no stranger or no even family member would even go in there and to interrupt. That's where David said, the psalmist said, I'm not just getting in the house, I'm going back to daddy's room. 
And I'm not just going in Daddy's room, I'm getting in Daddy's closet where Daddy dwells by himself a lot of times. I don't know about y'all. There's something about the presence of God. I'm glad to be in the house. I'm glad to be in, in, in the church house with the people of God there, where God uh, so uh, His presence so felt, but there's something about getting alone in the presence of God. That just not, I'm just not glad to be in the family of God. I'm going back over where God dwells by Himself. I get to go into Him boldly, the Hebrews says, into His throne of grace to find help in a time of need. I don't know about y'all, but I find myself often in that time of need. Oh God, I, I have such a great need. And you find yourself making your way into His presence. God, here's my need. Here's what's on my heart. Here's what's breaking my heart. And there's something about the healing presence of God that you can't find anywhere else. Scripture tells us that in His presence there's fullness of joy. Not fullness of dread, not fullness of fearfulness, but fullness of joy. I need to get to that place. Because sometimes my joy level is not full. I tell you, you can, you can tell when somebody's been in God's presence. Been thinking about those boys who grabbed a corner and brought that crippled man because the healer was in the house. It was so much that he couldn't get in. <laughs> they just knew that if they got their crippled friend, this crippled man, in the presence of Jesus, he'd be all right. Anybody have anybody they need to get in the presence of God tonight? Anybody you need to come and bring before the presence of God, the Holy One, who can touch a life and make everything all right? Who can touch a heart and hit it like a meat cleaver and soften it up to do only what the Word of God can do in the heart of man? Break it. That's what the presence of God is all about. I need that presence. I need to be in that presence. There's people in my life that need to be in that presence. And David said, oh, I love the presence. I want to be there all my days because when I'm there, I don't get to just come in the vestibule. Could you all imagine just camping out back there not allowed in here? Well, everybody else gets to come in there, but I'm not, I, I'm not able to come in there. You just got to camp out in the vestibule, old friend. We, we have great access all the way right up into the throne of grace tonight for our time of need. And because he was in his presence, he began to sing. Shouting. 
That is, he would offer sacrifices accompanied with loud sounds of praise and thanksgiving. Y'all ever got around somebody who was getting a little loud in worship? I, I, I remember one time I had to get a crick out of my neck, you know. It scared me. I wasn't prepared for it. There's nothing wrong with shouting for joy. Nothing wrong with shouting for joy when a person's been delivered from imminent danger. Nothing wrong in doing, in doing a, a little shouting because somebody's been rescued. Somebody's been touched. He praises God. And because he'd been in his presence, his heart was now in tune with God. Y'all with me? He says in verse 7, When I, when I cry with my voice, you, you will hear me and answer me. And then when you said to me, my, my heart's in tune with you. You said, seek me. And my heart echoed back to you. Your face, God, I want to seek. When, when the Word of God and the voice of God comes to our heart and it just thuds, we need revival. We need to get in that presence a little bit more often. But when that, when that word comes to us and that heart echoes back, when there's an echo in there and it just streams forth back to God, oh yes, God, I want to seek your face. When you don't have to beg and borrow and, and talk people into seeking God's face, you know it's real. He prays and echoes back to God. He pursues God. The heart asked no excuse. The heart didn't need a delay. Lord, when you said seek, let me, let me, let me, let me work a couple of things out on my schedule, and then we'll, then we'll talk a little bit later. He didn't need a reason to seek. God, do you, do you have really a good reason for me to seek your, your face? But at once he responded to the command and he obeyed. We must hurriedly go on. He was protected by God when, when mom and dad, he says, when, 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 when I'm all by myself, when it doesn't even seem like mom and dad's there for me, God will take me up. You ever been that lonely? Well, you felt like you didn't even have a parent. To turn to. The psalmist said, I looked, I looked on my left and my right, and there was no man that cared for my soul. That's pretty low. But scripture also talks about being encamped. <laughs> that, that, that God and his angels and his presence encamped around me. <laughs> that means I'm in the middle of God's camp. <laughs> he, done, he done camped on the north side, the back side, amen. Come on, that's a big side. And the, le and the left and the right. Amen. I want you to see the learning of David. He says, teach me. Teach me. Teach me. You ever, you ever, you ever tried to learn somebody something and they weren't willing to learn? They already knew that lesson. 
They already knew what you was going to say. They didn't want to hear it. In my brief uh, time of education, I know it takes two parties for teaching to go on. Right, Brother Schultz? He's had to endure two of my children. That's how I know this. It, it takes a student and it takes a teacher. If the student doesn't have a heart to learn, does teaching take place? The student has to be willing to take in what is being given. And if, the, and if our heart is not willing to take in what the master teacher is trying to give out, we need revival. He said, God, teach me. Give it to me. I don't know... Saying teach me is a willing heart saying, God, I don't know. He said, lead me because I don't know where to go. And deliver me because I can't deliver myself. Verse 13, 14 will be done. The lesson from David here. All that hinges upon these, these last two verses. I'd have gave up. You ever wanted to give up? I mean, just pack it in and God, I'll see you in the glory by and by. Maybe you wanted to give up teaching. Maybe you wanted to give up coming. Maybe you wanted to give up singing. Maybe you wanted to give up whatever you encouraging, whatever, whatever it is. You just wanted to give up. You're not by yourself. Psalmist said, I had fainted. I had quit. I'd have fell over unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. There's something that, that spurred him on. There's something that helped the footsteps keep going. And he says this, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. The sum of all the encouragement and all the instruction in this psalm, the main lesson from this psalm is this, designed to convey this idea. This experience from the psalm is to trust in the Lord. To rely on the Lord. To Come to Him in a time of trouble, in a time of danger, and to wait for His interruption into our life. And He tells us how to wait. Courageously. Be of good courage. It means be strong. It is don't faint. Don't be dismayed. <laughs> Still hope. Still trust in the Lord. We're, we're waiting for an, a prayer to be answered. Waiting 
for God to move, waiting for God to come through. We, we don't wait hopelessly. We wait expectantly. We wait faithfully. We wait ready to see what God's going to do because what God has already done. He said, be of good courage. Still hope. Still trust in the Lord because He's going to strengthen your heart. He will enable you to perform and triumph in the midst of troubles. In the midst of hopelessness. In the midst of distress and fear. Because of faith. Wait. Wait. On the Lord. And be of good courage. We can wait in His presence. I want to challenge you tonight. How hopeful are you? How joyful are you? Will you join me tonight in this place for, for a few minutes and just come into His presence and bring whoever you need to bring into His presence. Bring whatever you need to bring into His presence because there's joy in His presence. <laughs> there's healing in His presence. <laughs> there... there <laughs> There's a list full of stuff in His presence, amen? Whatever you're in need of, it's in His presence. Let's meet with Him tonight. We'll leave this place hopeful. We'll leave this place joyful. What's up, guys? Brian here again. Just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. You can check out this full message at PastorBrianRalph.com or Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Keep the Faith is a ministry of Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. If you're free one Sunday or Wednesday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. Until next time, God bless. I'm gonna walk by, I'm gonna keep my, I'm gonna live by faith. I'm gonna walk by, I'm gonna keep my, I'm gonna live by faith. Keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith.